Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, everybody? Yet another bananas days in this NFL free agency. We're getting no time off to do anything that we want to. I mean, not that we don't want to discuss this, but we've had like ideas like, hey, why don't we do this for the show? Hey, why don't we uh, do this? And then, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill gets traded. So <laughs> abandoned ship and completely change the narrative of what we're going to do and start talking about another crazy trade. Oh, and Devonte Adams got traded and uh yeah, so how's your head doing with all this Eric cuz it's like trying to follow this all day is just it's it's a 24/7 job now. It's crazy, dude. This is supposed to be, you know, everybody jokes as the season winds down or right after the season you put out a little bit of like recap of the 2021 season, all that fun fun jazz that everybody does right same same thing as like silas on every youtube video you have to say like and subscribe same thing after the fall season people are like okay i'm gonna take a break right this is my downtime or whatever there has been zero downtime this is definitely maybe ever my guess is this is the craziest offseason ever certainly of my lifetime since i've been following football it's like every other day a total bombshell drops and so the hardest thing for me is like so I, I i went on the sports grid show with davis earlier and this was what made it hit home it was like did you remember that brian flores sued the nfl <laughs> like it was like yeah. a, what a month and a half ago maybe two months ago or something that was like that that would be like the craziest story in an nfl offseason that we'd be talking about forever in a normal offseason and that feels like i don't know years ago now that was our point. first show so our yeah, first show right. was Flores, Brady retiring, and some, I don't know, there was like a third topic, but it was Flores and Brady retiring, and I would assume we did that show six years ago. Yeah, <laughs> right. I didn't even remember it. We're, we're, it's, it's not even that long ago, and yeah. uh, I didn't even remember it. I had to give my Brady eulogy, like, you know, like yep. we talked about Flores, and it might as well have been six years ago because oh Brady's not retired anymore. Oh Flores is the is the linebackers coach in Pittsburgh. Um, everything is just crazy. It's just crazy. And then all these other things that have happened, you know, the Deshaun Watson stuff, the you know Amari Cooper. Like we're gonna go through all of it, but it's like, dude, I, I mean, spoiler alert, I, <laughs> I behind the peak, uh, behind the curtain peak is I, I work a normal job. So like <laughs> I'm trying to work a normal job and follow NFL news. 
And that's, you'll just see me write what a lot because I can't even begin to process what I'm <laughs> reading as I'm working and trying to figure out like what is happening. Like no one even had a sniff that Tyreek was about to get no. traded. Like that's, that's the, crazy the craziest part. part. Yep. Yep. Like everyone's like reacting to it, but it's like, we didn't know four hours ago or whatever it was like right before Schefter tweeted about it. And then within an hour he's traded and we're just like, when the hell was this even being discussed? Why didn't we know about this? How is this not getting leaked? It's Tyreek Hill. So it's just, it is so tough to keep up with right now. Yeah. This was a part of the news cycle. The whole world was triggered, right? Because the oh. whole Patriots nation oh, yes. was triggered because, because Brady did say like, that was a big story then. Now I, I didn't even remember that happened right until Silas yeah. just, just said it. That's, that's it, it. It's nuts. But from, from like, you know, our perspective, like perspective of the show perspective of spike week, it's, I think it's legitimately hard and it's definitely been difficult for me to, you know, this, it's a, there's a compounding effect, the cascading effect, whatever you want to call it to all this. It's like one thing happens and you try to start to adjust, whether it's your rankings or how, whatever your draft strategy, blah, blah, blah. But every two days, it's like a total bombshell. These aren't like small moves. These are like NFL shattering moves every few days. And so it's really hard. I think to like, I haven't updated the rankings. Uh, I kind of just like took a step back and I'm really happy that I did. Cause hopefully Good. fingers crossed now I can actually go in and do an update. that doesn't get totally ruined by a news, you know, a new news item, but it's, it's very difficult. Well, you would have you know? thought that after the Adams trade, cause yeah. you would have been like, okay, well that's gotta be it. Right. Like that had to be the last domino to fall. And and if you had updated yesterday, you would have felt great about you would have felt yeah. real good about your updates. And then Tyreek would have hit and then you would have been like, well, what, dude, what? And come on, give me a bone here. Like, let me have like two days apiece. And uh, <laughs> but it's great. It's great to talk about. It's it's great to see that teams are. I think it shows that teams are adjusting um, maybe for worse. Better, it's for better or worse. But they're adjusting to the salary cap and the way that these rookie contracts are structured and when they should be going for it or when they shouldn't be going for it. Yeah, that is, that is definitely true. And you have, maybe it is, I don't, I don't like to uh, give the NFL too many props, but maybe it is a little bit of, you know, expanding the NFL playoffs, getting us more teams. I mean, you know, I guess maybe the dolphins might've done this many years ago, but the more playoff teams you add, it just gives these mediocre teams incentive to go for it. And the Dolphins have some other incentives, I think, with the young yeah. quarterback nearing the end of his rookie deal and and that kind of stuff to to go for it. But I don't know. You know, I don't know if many years ago that we would have had this these these teams like love to live in mediocrity uh and not and you know just pick 14th in the draft every year. And so I think that's a nice that's a nice perk of of where we're at in in the NFL right now and some of these teams like what the Seahawks and and those are are probably just going to toil away at the bottom for a long, long time now, given the state of the NFL. But um, hopefully this is like a sign of things moving forward. Like you said, that teams are willing to, right? So like next year and the year after, we're going to have the Trey Lances and the Justin Fields of the world. Those teams should be going for it, basically, if those guys yeah. are any good, right? Malik Willis. If Malik Willis is good and he's on whatever team, 
it's time to it's wheels up. It's time to do what some of these teams are doing. And on the flip side, if you're the Rams, um, Davis and I talked about it. People don't think about it this much because we live in the moment. But like soon, the Bills are going to have to really strongly consider something like the Chiefs just did. You know, with Stephon Diggs and Allen, the Allen extension kicking in and all that fun stuff. And so it does. It, I do think we're in a pretty fun time of the NFL offseason, which means for us, the fantasy football draft season is amazing. Like, dude, you tell me how you rank all these. Like, it's half the half the player pool is on new teams or has new quarterbacks or new coaches. Or like last year, it was like like Kenny Galladay was the guy that moved. And you were like, who really gives a shit? You know, I was, I was the only guy drafting giants, giants and jets last year, but not this yep. year. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this year we saw, I luckily didn't draft that much Galladay, but um, I did have a lot of giants, but yeah. uh, you know, this year it creates a lot more fun because everybody's always so fucking certain about everything in fantasy uh-huh. football. Everybody knows has the answers to the test. Right. And I can assure you, no one has any answers to any of this shit right now. Like none of it, not, not, not even like who the one Oh one is, <laughs> Right. you know what I mean? So that makes it a lot more fun for, for us, for sure. So for me, before we get into this list, the one thing that I did check after this trade is just to show some of that juxtaposition that you're talking about is the first big board that was done. I wanted to check my two ownership. What do you think I have at two or exposure in that first big board? In the, in the regular non-superflex. The non-superflex one. Tw- uh, tw- I'm just going to say 20%. Zero. A big zero, zero percent in the original big board. Now, looking at my superflex, he was my second highest owned quarterback in superflex. He's at like 45% or something on my teams because of where I was getting him as my second quarterback. He was like that. He was like the last guy almost like yep. close to it. So I was like, I'll just take two as my second quarterback at this point. Like that's all I'm looking for here. And uh, so it's just funny to see like, because now it would never happen that way. I don't think. No. Um, so yeah, it's just to show just what you're talking about, how like everything's ever evolving and just like, changing on the fly day to day and now it's like well what stacks do i actually have in some of this stuff and you just have no idea i might have like i didn't look through my Tua teams but i might have some crazy waddle hill to uh super stacked miami team that i don't even know that i have at the moment and so maybe moster late right you just might get have moster late Edmonds, yeah. you know, you, you don't even know because they, they have their all their offenses new besides obviously the two guys that were there last year. Right. Um, the, the one thing that I will hit on. Well, actually, we'll talk about it because we're going to get into this board right now. Can we pull it up? Uh, yeah, let's pull up the board and let's just start talking about it. So basically what we're doing is we're going to rank a lot of these teams that had big free agency moves. Um, I've already went through and I've ranked I've ranked some of them. I just thrown a lot of them in the middle because they didn't really do much. Teams like San Francisco. You know, Houston didn't do much. Washington, they resigned McKissick, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it sucks for Gibson theoretically, but I don't think it does too much. So just teams like that. So you can see him on the board. Um, just for the audio listeners, I already ranked Denver as a rocket ship. That's the best here. Uh, excellent signing with only one or two concerns is the Bengals. I put them in because they just signed offensive linemen, which is exactly right. what they needed. There's nothing flashy about them. 
the mid tier, I put San Fran, Philly, Minnesota, Detroit, Baltimore, Houston, Washington, Arizona, the Giants, the Jets, the Bears, uh, the Saints, because the Saints couldn't do anything, and the <laughs> Patriots, because they haven't signed another five running backs yet. Um, <laughs> so that's the middle tier. And then there's the don't really understand these moves, but it could work. And then there is just the what are we doing tear where we just don't understand what these teams are doing at all. So we haven't put any in those two bottom ones yet, but I'm sure we're going to be doing that rather quickly with some of these teams that are left. Anything that you see there that you would like to change before we move? No, um, I am going to bring up a slight deviation from exactly what you said that Tony brings up, like he brings up Baker basically. Um, And uh, before we dive in, can we talk a little bit about just a couple of impact free agents or, or I guess Baker, not a free agent, but kind of a free agent that um, maybe, you know, will get brought up in this conversation, but basically, you know, there's only a couple of quarterback needy teams. You obviously have the, the draft coming up, but you really just have Baker and Jimmy um, left as, as quarterback targets. If somebody wants to get one of these veterans and then, it's really just Will Fuller, right? Left, I think, from like a truly impact level free agent signing. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, I guess, but I don't really care about the running backs. Like from an actual impact on the football field, I think right. Will Fuller and those two and those two quarterbacks. So do, do you have any like takes on that? Because the Baker situation yeah. is another one. When where the fuck did that come from? Like, like yeah. I mean, I, I I guess I could have we could have seen Baker not being their quarterback, but then like just a total falling out and him asking out and nobody wanted, nobody wanting him, even though everybody needs a quarterback, just bizarre. He's going to, he's going to wind up in Seattle for like a third round pick. That's where Baker's (laughs) going to go. And Jimmy's going to get traded to Carolina for probably a third round pick or something like that. So that's where they're going to go. It it's just who cares is my kind of consensus point on that. Maybe it's okay for DJ Moore. I don't think it's great. I think it might be okay for CMC. Um, Bake, I think Baker going to Seattle if it happens hurts DK Metcalf because I'd rather just have Drew Locke there winging it because that's what he likes to do. So I'd I'd rather Drew Locke go full Jameis Winston. Not that they'll allow him to throw the ball that much, but I I can't see Baker really ending up anywhere else unless he's willing to take a backup job, and I can't imagine that's the case either. So that's it, right? Those are the only two quarterback jobs. You know, I guess technically what Pittsburgh and Atlanta would not be open, but Baker's not a realistic um, landing spot for Atlanta. I guess there was a little buzz of him to Pittsburgh, but that doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, To me, I would be very surprised to see him land in Pittsburgh. But yeah, I think one of those guys might end in Seattle, but I... Your guess is as good as mine on what they're doing. They're talking about a Geno and Drew Locke quarterback competition. That's, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, that would be yeah. That one guy throws yeah. a pick. We put the other guy in, and uh, um, I I don't have yeah. I don't really have a strong take on any on any of the quarterbacks here, but I yeah. just thought it was the, at least note, noteworthy to bring up. The music ended in musical chairs, and there wasn't a seat left for Seattle and Carolina. Basically, is what happened. Yep. So, so now, fucking sad for Carolina because if they just could have got one of these guys, I mean, even if it was like Mitch, even if it was Wentz, I don't even like these guys. They're not like they're bottom 
third, you know, bottom end of the 32 starting NFL quarterbacks. But if they could have at least just got one of these guys that can complete, can complete a forward pass to DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and CMC, those guys would have been off like way better than they have been for the last how many, you know, DJ Moore's entire career. They would have been yeah. better. But who the hell knows? I mean, I guess it's going to be Darnold and maybe a rookie or something. And that's just, and it, well, a rookie that's not Malik Willis. Yeah, you saw the the report that the Carolina and Bakers that they have mutual disinterest in each other. <laughs> what a phenomenal uh, <laughs> word choice! That is like, incredible. Like that's basically like. So my tweet about that was, it's like, yeah. So me and Megan Fox have mutual disinterest in dating each other because <laughs> it's like Baker only has disinterest in them because he's. They said they weren't interested in him. That's all it was. Yes. If they if they traded for him, he would go play for them. Absolutely. If Megan Fox knocked on my door, it was like, hey, let's go get dinner. I'm going to say no. Like what? Like, I mean, come on. That's basically what it is. It's it's not mutual disinterest. It's Carolina's like, nah, we're not. We don't want Baker. Because, like, yeah, well, I wasn't going there anyway, bros. Like it's the guy that uh, you get fired and you say you quit before. Yeah, uh, you know, like on every TV <laughs> show or movie or movie ever. Well, you're fired. Yeah. You can't fire me. I quit. Yeah, you know that's what that was Baker. That's basically what it was. So, um, and as far as Will Fuller, <laughs> Kansas City would be fun, but it's got to be Cleveland. It's got to be Cleveland or Cleveland or Kansas Kansas City. I mean, Cleveland's got to be the favorite, I think. And then um, Kansas City makes too much sense, so it won't happen. But uh, it's hard for me to imagine him going anywhere besides those other two or besides mm. those two, I think. So unless Jacksonville gets nuts. <clears throat> they they <laughs> certainly have gotten nuts in uh, less exciting ways already this offseason. So let's start with the ranking of these teams and let's start with yep. the Miami Dolphins after this trade. Um, I know you've hit your points on this a little bit, but is there anything else you'd like to add to the Miami side of this? No, I think um, I guess I guess I would say the big thing for me is they are the most interesting situation to where I want to see where like the market settles on them. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with Tua, I think like I, I hate these situations. It's like what happened with Trubisky and like Daniel Jones and stuff like I don't even really like Tua. It's not like I always say, like, it's not like I know him. He's not a family member. I, I don't have anything like I particularly care about Tua and I'm not, I don't, I agree with everyone that I'm not really sure that he's very good, but the market loves to bury people and, and particularly high draft picks, young players really, really fast. And so if the market is going to do that still to Tua, despite having what we perceive as at least a reasonably smart head coach, offensive line upgrades, which was their biggest issue, and that's why everybody loves to blame Tua for the like a dot and like, oh, he only throws slants. And it is partially, of course, because he doesn't have the strongest arm ever. But it is also because they had the worst offensive line in the NFL by right. a lot. And yep. so um, and, and bad weapons. He's throwing to Mac Hollins and Durham Smythe. Like, come on, like, give me a break. So if the market is just going to be, you know, basically not bumping up Tua, despite the fact that he has Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker. Like that offense is loaded, is absolutely loaded. And so I want to see where he settles in, right? If they go too crazy on him because of that, then I'm not going to be all that excited. Um, and it's kind of the same thing for the weapons. 
if we're going to discount, like if everybody decides Tyreek is just going to be the down the field flyer and we're going to all of a sudden make Tyreek Hill a, you know, third or fourth round pick, like, okay, like, let me get in on that, you know, or if we're going to bump Waddle down because Tyreek is there, same thing, right? Gesicki, are we going to be out on Gesicki because he has more target competition? Well, now I want to buy in. And so it's kind of like the 49ers last year, right? I like all of them. I like everybody, but I want to be smart about how I attack them kind of based on what the market is doing with them. But in general, from an offense perspective, if I were to like rank them in here, it's definitely like excellent signing with only one or two concerns where there's definitely concerns about Tua and there's concerns about, you know, kind of how it's all going to come together basically with Tua at the helm with a generally a run first offensive coordinator. But I mean, I don't know how you can really like, throw shade on Tyree kill Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, you know, and, and all that talent. No, the, the only problem becomes in terms of fantasy and best ball is how expensive Hill and Waddle are going to be. I think you see Hill take a slight dip, but I, I just can't imagine people scrolling past the name Tyree kill too, too late in the second round. I think it's just, it's just ingrained in a person's head that like, Oh my God, Tyreek Hill, middle of the second is a steal, and he's just going to keep going off the board. Mm-hmm. Waddle, I don't, I don't know what the public sentiment is on Waddle enough. I know the DFS sentiment and like the the guys that are us that are grinding this twelve months a year love Waddle, but I wonder what that public sentiment's going to be after this trade. Are they yeah. going to be really out on Waddle, and are we just going to get them out of steal? And if I'm in a draft with 11 other people in August that that are like scared to death to take this guy because no one likes to uh, because Tyree kills there. Am I going to get Waddle in the fourth round in like some of these drafts? Like because that would be great. We're not going to get it right away. Right. But by, by but by the end of the summer, he might be dropping. So I, I love it. I, I don't personally like dislike to he's just meh. He's just like fine. He can get the job done. He's not the worst. He's not my number one pick for a quarterback ever. Yep. But I, I think that the the moves are fine. I think when I first saw the trade, I was like, this is stupid for both teams. And after thinking on it for 30 minutes or so, I'm like, all right, well, they kind of got – because I will get to them, but I kind of got the same vibes as the Raiders, and it makes sense because it's two number one wide receivers. And after thinking through it, I'm like, all right, well, it makes sense for the Dolphins because the AFC is pretty stacked, but the AFC East is winnable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard you talk earlier about like if some if Josh Allen goes down for two months, then Miami should theoretically run this division. Yep. Theoretically, they're still Miami, just like we're going to talk about another team in a little bit that's still themselves. I think <laughs> I think Esselet signing with only one or two concerns is is definitely the right spot. Um, I should probably click on the right screen to do this. Drop uh, <laughs> them. Uh, so let's talk about Kansas City because I think this is the other team that we're going to spend some time on, and some mm-hmm. of these we can get through a little bit quicker. Kansas so City, can, you go first. I'll, I'll I'll just say it. I mean, it's bad. They 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 brought in Juju. They lose what makes this offense phenomenal, the, the way that they could take the top off of it. McCall Hardman clearly isn't it. We've 
established that over the last 17 years that he's just never going to be Tyreek Hill or even a shadow of Tyreek Hill. He's just, he's just not that guy. Juju's not that guy. Travis Kelsey is 47 years old. Um, so what are they going to do? They're going to probably have to run two tight end sets. They're in the toughest division in football and they might be the worst team of the four. They have the best quarterback, but every team in this division has a, a great to good quarterback. Yep. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, the worst you would say is Derek Carr, who we've established. It's fine. Like clearly he's not Patrick Mahomes, but you put the, an offense around Derek Carr and you don't put an offense around Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders could be a better overall football team. So I think it's a massive step back for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I really have to sit back and think of what I'm going to do with this team going forward. I, I don't want Mahomes as early as you're going to have to take him. And my thought is no. my thought. Kelsey, do we want him in the first round still? Oh, I mean, that's a tough call. What are we doing with Juju? I mean, the only guy that makes sense right now, and, you know, don't shut the stream off, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the only guy that makes sense on this team at the moment to take, and that's only if they don't sign somebody or draft a high running back because they're dumbs and they'll do something like that. But <laughs> they have no other running backs on the roster at the moment, so they got to bring somebody in. It's just what kind of – what caliber of running back are they going to bring in? And if they don't bring anyone in to share time, like, significantly – Edward Solaire is the best guy to take on this team. And it's like the grossest thing I've had to say all offseason. I know. And we've, we, well, at least I have said a lot of gross <laughs> things, but, but, but I, I, I mostly agree with pretty much everything that you said. I think obviously just like with any running back, right? Like you mentioned Gibson earlier in a matter of an hour, we were like, Oh my God, it's wheels. Or, you know, it's, it's a day basically, but yeah. it, it felt like an hour given the, this offseason. Uh, Antonio Gibson went from Holy shit. The ups- this is it. Finally, the upside is that is now there to the upside is is, you know, technically still there. But you're going to basically need a J.D. McKissick injury for the upset or the, the upside to come through for Gibson. The same thing is now in place with CEH. If it remains the same and they take their resources that they have now and invest in wide receiver, which they need to and defense, which they also very much need to and just sign some Joe Schmo off the street that's not Daryl Williams or Jarek McKinnon. I do want to like put that caveat in there. If it's one of the guys that they had last year that they clearly showed an affinity to use, you know, if it's some random, they, they, uh, the report today was they're interested in Rojo. Right. And, right. and so like, I'm not really all that worried about Rojo for CEH, not because Rojo can't steal work, but because that just makes CEH the passing down back, which is like, that's what you need. Like I, I, you need him to, to be the passing down back and get enough work in the run game. I really don't give a shit if Rojo gets 10 carries in between the 20, in between the twenties, you know? So yeah. anyway, CEH right now, I think has the cleanest path to being the smash for the chiefs. I do like Juju probably a little bit more. Does it make um, you sick saying that? Cause it made then, me sick saying, then, saying CEH or Juju <laughs> saying CEH is the uh, clearest path for success in Kansas city. Yeah. Six hours ago. <laughs> I probably would have thrown up at my desk sitting here, sitting here saying that. And now, and now here we are. I just can't do 
the Kelsey thing at where I think he's he's going to cost. Not because I'm not projecting him to smash. He should. I mean, the target share should be the highest he's probably ever ever had because those outside guys and Juju are just not going to command the level of targets that that Tyreek did. But we're just talking about an old, aging, likely declining tight end that I just don't want to bet on a tight end in the first round. You know, if he was 27, like, out, sure, let's do it. You know what I mean? Uh, 100%. But I, I just don't, as of right now, right, we're a few hours removed from this. I don't I don't think I can do, at least not a lot. I don't, I'm not going to say I'm going to have 0% Kelsey when we get to the summer, but he's not going to be a super priority, I don't think, for mm-hmm. me. I do like I do like Juju. I think this is going to set up fairly well for for Juju because Tyreek did get quite a few underneath targets. They they made a pretty big shift to um, kind of dinking and dunking on offense when the when teams just literally took away the deep the deep ball from them. And Tyreek was a a huge benefactor of that. Why did By- Byron Pringle start to excel down the stretch because they needed somebody to just work some intermediate stuff. Um, when they took away the deep, the deep ball. And so I think Juju can be, can be okay. What I think the real winner is going to be for the chiefs is whoever the hell comes in here. Yeah. Cause they got, I don't really, someone in. I don't really give a shit who the name is. Honestly, I yeah. think one of these rookies, I'm really fucking rooting for Jamison Williams. So bad. Absolutely. Like to, I, I need a win. Darrington Evans got cut Antonio Gibson's ceiling. It was a, uh, the Lucy with the football in 24, in 24 hours. <laughs> like I just give me Jamison Williams, like on the chiefs, please for the love of God. But whoever it is really, I, I imagine they'll bring in multiple rookies and probably multiple free agents. Um, and we'll kind of dissect those when they happen. But those are, those are the winners. If we were going to lump it into here somewhere, it's probably don't, really understand these moves but could work type of thing because honestly like if it's will fuller and jameson williams and like george pickens you know and and whoever else yeah mvs you know they bring they they bring in a bunch of talent obviously that's not tyree kill but they could still be a really freaking good really 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 good offense and you have a lot more and cheaper parts uh to make that happen with so they're, they're pretty interesting Obviously, from the don't really understand, I do. I do understand from like a long term franchise, right? Well, why they did, yes. why they did what they did. But for but for for us, it's uh, it's painful for sure. Well, I guess we understand it, but I kind of don't understand it at the same time because I, the whole point that you were bringing up earlier today was it might have been Davis bringing it up. They have like a twelve year window with Mahomes, and that's great. Like, yes, that's great. So, yeah, at some point you think you got to you got to burn it down and rebuild it. But why are we doing that when he's 26, 27 years old? Why shouldn't we be pushing it at that point? Are you scared of the division? I I would just be looking to do everything I could to keep a guy like. So usually you want to trade a guy a year early rather than a year late. I'd rather hold on to Tyreek for the year late just because of what that guy can do on the football field and compared to everybody else. And once he is done, you know, he's done. And yeah, maybe you don't have value anymore, but he, he was the perfect compliment for Mahomes. Like there's not another guy. There might not be another guy to come along in the next seven years in the right. entire league. That is a compliment to Mahomes as Hill was. And even if one does, you have to be lucky enough to be the one of 32 teams to get him. Yep. So 
I mean, so for me, it just, I'll end it with this. It just, I get an overall sense of it feels bad in Kansas City this year. It just feels like it's going to be bad. And you mix that with the overdrafting of them because they're going to be so high and rightfully so. You see the name Patrick Mahomes. You want to draft Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants to draft Patrick Mahomes, but it just, now it feels like it's going to be gross. Yep. So I, let, I do agree. I do agree with this. There is a lot of wide receiver depth, so that's good for them. They got a ton of picks. And uh, so hopefully that could be good for us is if they draft two or three of these guys. It's not their these, only need, though. That's the problem. Yeah, their it's defense like, stinks. Their defense. Yeah, now their stinks. defense is awful. It got better, but um, they lost. They lost a lot. Well, because that's, this is what this is what happens when you have an expensive quarterback and expensive yeah. tight end. You drafted a running back in the first round. And like uh, this is this is what happens. Exactly. Uh, so our next team is, um, I guess your new favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Jesus. Since you're really big on Mariota from what <laughs> you've been saying over the last, I don't know, forever, I guess. What are your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons? I can't even say it with a straight face. Well, so I'm going to, this is, I'm going to probably contradict myself in, in, uh, in this. And I guess I'm, I am technically kind of meaning to, because where I'm going to rank them is not going to align with what I'm initially going to say. And my initial thought is that I think Mario, my, my Mariota take is just that I think he's better than probably people think. I think he has always been a starting NFL caliber quarterback. But what happens in the NFL is that if you're not an above average or great NFL quarterback, when it's when like your time is up in your current stop, sometimes the NFL just like gets sick of you. Like Teddy Bridgewater is an NFL starting quarterback. Like we're starting Taylor Heineke can't wash. Can't I can throw the football further than Cam Newton can. And he keeps getting jobs every year. Right. Sam Darnold. What are we doing? Like the, these guys continue to get jobs because they just for whatever Cam can run. So I guess that's it. But like these guys just haven't happened to worn out their like have worn out their welcome yet. Mariota did, and so he couldn't get a job that year when he went on the market, right, when he was done with mm-hmm. the Titans. And so then he has to settle for this backup job, and he never gets a shot to prove himself. Now the cycle comes through where everybody finally realizes all these bums that we've been trying out are terrible, and we can try out the Mariotas of the world, right, the Trubiskys of the world. They're not good, like truly good NFL-caliber quarterbacks. It's just that the public perception, because they're not great, just like buries them. And then every Sunday we show up and we watch like XFL caliber quarterbacks out, out, out there. I literally Philip Walker <laughs> was in the XFL and was playing games for the Panthers. And so um, that's like my general Mariota take, but this team is, Ugh. Oh my God, Ugh. a disaster that I, I don't even know. I don't even know how they're going to fill out like the skill position groups. I mean, they brought CPAT back and they have pits, but the current wide receiver one is Olamide Zacchaeus, which is a hilarious <laughs> thing. Uh, you talk about uh, the CEH thing where we're like, did that make you sick to say that? Like the yeah. wide receiver one, I mean, he was barely the wide receiver one at Virginia. Uh, so that, that, that tells you everything you need to know, but they're obviously going to bring some people in. But, like, Mariota is not, like, some elevator of talent around him. The offensive line's not going to get really upgraded because they don't have any money. I'm not sure that the coach proved us proved anything to us last year. You know, I know he was great in Tennessee, but 
I'm not sure Arthur Smith is like some revolutionary offensive mind. Right. He's going to want to still run Mike Davis and CPAT. And, and I'm not sure that they're going to really produce very much. And so I'll still, because I can't help myself draft some Kyle Pitts and maybe some CPAT or something. But um, yeah, what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing with it? Um, Before I hit on Atlanta, I just want to circle back to Miami for two seconds. The one take that I, think people are forgetting to make and i forgot to make it earlier is their third wide receiver is cedric wilson now they they brought him in from dallas and uh i know people are bringing up Devonte parker but i think that clearly shows that they are going to be moving on from Devonte parker at some point mm-hmm. this year in some form or fashion so yeah somebody Stafford, needs them they can trade them for yeah uh, late so or something i think you're going to see him end up somewhere but maybe atlanta because god knows they need them they need at least <laughs> three of them uh yeah what are we doing here i so my only pushback on you is i'm out on kyle pitts now i'm out on atlanta i i think i told you in the beginning of the year there's teams that i'm gonna look at and i'm gonna be like i'm not drafting anyone from this team at all like Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw an x over that team and i can't see atlanta moving the ball enough i know that the one funnel is going to be kyle pitts theoretically but how good is that going to be we've seen teams that just do nothing offensively mm-hmm. and they're fantasy irrelevant even with a good player on the team so i feel bad for kyle pitts and it's this isn't all atlanta's fault this calvin ridley stuff really killed them mm-hmm. whether they were going to trade him or not because they could have got something to help replace them it's just to me it's just atlanta is just boom off the board a lot of this NFC South is off the board because I'm not taking anyone from from the uh, New Orleans Saints either. So, yeah, at the I moment, really have, I don't really have a big counter to Pitts. It's just I'm not going to full fade that talent, even though I literally agree with everything that you just said uh, about about the Falcons. But like last year, I was trying to make it a, a bit of a point to get over over the field on on Kyle Pitts and make sure he was in like my top five tight ends. I'm probably not going to do that this year, but I'm not going to have zero. Maybe I match the field or I'm a little bit under or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be really limited for me. I, it's going to have to be him dropping significantly. I do think he might drop. The sentiment seems pretty, pretty, pretty down on, you know, obviously the Falcons in, in general. So it'll be interesting um, to see. Real quick, I wanted to hit Jameson's point here. He says, what's the difference between KC and Buffalo, really? What I would say to that is that KC's offensive identity, you know, obviously is, is Mahomes, but Tyreek would be the 1B to that in terms of everything about the KC offense and what they've been for several years now is largely because of Tyreek Hill. I know Mahomes is amazing, but every defense gears up to stop Tyreek Hill um, everything about the KC offense is basically built through what Tyreek Hill can do with his explosiveness. And so you take that away and at best you're filling it with Will Fuller and a rookie and, um, uh, and an aging Travis Kelsey. And I think um, Buffalo just has everything that they had last year and, and then some right. You, Crowder Crowder and McKenzie are probably an upgrade over an aging Cole Beasley. Gabe Davis is, is a young potential, you know, breakout wide receiver and Stefan Diggs is still really good. So um, it, I, I, I'm not going to argue if you think it's close, but I think, um, I think that would be underselling what Tyree kill does did for the chiefs. I agree. I, I just, I think it's, so I think Devonte Adams is, a, is 
the best receiver in the league probably. And I think Green Bay, and not they're not going to, but I to to further your point, I think it would be easier for Green Bay to replace Devontae Adams than it would be for Kansas City to replace Tyreek Hill. Uh just in terms of what they mean to the offense and what they allow those offenses to do. Now I'm not saying Green Bay is gonna do it because I don't think they're gonna, or we'll talk about it, but uh, but speaking of Devonte Adams, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. And for me, the night that that trade went down, I posted a video about the Devonte Adams talking about <laughs> how crazy this division was. Like I'm wheels up on the Raiders that I kind of got to sleep on it a little bit. And the sentiment is still there that I'd like to be wheels up on the Raiders. The problem is Devonte Adams is still probably going to be a first rounder maybe yeah. a second Waller is still going to be probably that late second to mid third. And then we're talking about um, Hunter Renfro is probably still going to be too expensive as well. So the only guy that's actually affordable is the quarterback and Josh Jacobs is going to be mixed in there somewhere in the sixth round, fifth round. Yeah. So theoretically I like the offense a lot. Because we've we've established it, and for my Mariota point as well, Derek Carr we've established is like that last very solid quarterback, right? Like that's yeah, where like twelfth in the NFL or something yeah. like that, right? Just so, good enough to really, you know, yeah. when he when the pieces went like they have right now, when the pieces are right around him, he's that tier break of you can have an excellent offense with him. And we never even heard a sniff of Mariota challenging him for that starting job. No. So that's why I think Atlanta's in trouble. But back to the Raiders, everything's there. They're just way too expensive. And so to get a good Raider stack, your your equity that you're putting into it to get it, if you wanted to get like Adams, Waller, Carr, like, yeah, great, the quarterback's cheap, but you're wasting two out of your first four rounds at best to to get this team and i'm not saying i'm not going to do it i'm going to be grabbing them when i can and i love the offense and the everything i said before the division they're in it makes it so that there should be a lot of shootouts with them mm-hmm. everything lines up i i just don't know who of the three so when i say the three adams waller renfro are we going to be fading any of these guys just because of the cost yeah, I ha- definitely haven't had enough time to really, truly digest this one because I'm pretty much on the same wavelength as you where I, I don't have a negative thing to say about the offense. Even got a new – Josh McDaniel is in there that uh, is, a, in my opinion, a great offensive mind, and you give him these weapons, good Lord. I mean, he should be able to carve up defenses. From a fantasy football perspective, the problem is at, when all three of these guys have smashed – and earned this ADP and earned this respect as, as they, they definitely have earned it. it it's deserved. Mm-hmm. It's volume driven. And there's only one football. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, Josh McDaniels also has uh, been able to run the ball and throw to his running backs. Right. And again, there's only one football. And so it's one of those situations where again, I, I this is the, the lazy comparison I make all the time, but it's kind of like the 49ers of last year, probably at higher, higher cumulative costs across the Raiders, where I'm not, I, I, I believe in this offense. I believe in, like you said, the schedule, the division, everything. 
And so I don't want to be out really on any of these guys, but just because of the cost, none of them are going to be like guys I'm going crazy over, you know, unless maybe the market does really dip Waller and, and Renfro. I think I would prefer Renfro a little bit at, at, at that point. But like I said, I haven't put a ton of thought into it, but it's that weird uh, intersection of, I have nothing negative to say about the offense. I'm very excited about the offense as a whole. And so I want to invest, but how do I do it given the cost that they're all going to be at? And I don't really have a great answer. The only other thing I could say about it is the one good thing is when you do decide to take Devonte Adams or Waller, I guess, or Renfro, but specifically the two expensive ones, you're probably stacking them just by default because of the cost you're going to get car. So you'll probably more often than not just immediately have a stack with your second quarterback because you're like, all right, I got Waller here. Carr is falling to me in the 12th round, 11th round, whatever he ends up at. And it's like, well, now he's my second quarterback behind Josh Allen or behind whoever insert Joe Burrow. And you're more than happy with that. And you're like, my second, my second quarterback stack is nasty. So yeah, I, I think that we just need to really see how that's going to shake out. But for me, it's just excellent signing. And my only one or two concern is the cost for mm-hmm. what we're going to be paying for these guys. So yeah. I, I, unless you want to rocket ship them, I'm... Nope, I'm good with that. And as we're moving on to the next team, CS Nerd asks about, you're okay with Locke-led Seattle? And no, not really. We'll get to, we'll get to Seattle um compared to to Atlanta and then what kind of offense do you envision the Raiders running um I'm not I'm uh, not a total expert on the McDaniel scheme but I would just look at what McDaniels has done so McDaniels has had training wheels on him the entire time he's in New England to be honest and if you ask New England fans they don't particularly like Josh McDaniels too much and I don't think it's his own fault Mm-hmm. So I think you will still see a lot of stuff. I think it makes Josh Jacobs a better play. I think they're going to be checking down to him a little bit more, setting up screens a lot more for him. Uh, don't be surprised if you see that. But I do think you're going to see some more downfield stuff than you would have seen in New England a lot of the time, just because it's going to be essential for where they're playing as opposed yeah. to the other thing. So I think they're going to be fine. Let's uh, Let's hit on Tampa. Yeah, not a ton, I don't think. And we those were the big ones, right? We we yeah. basically just hit the the Casey, Miami, and and Tampa were the huge change. I mean, massive changes that uh, really need to be covered in in depth. Um, Tampa is really just a mid for me. I think um, obviously you bring back Brady and and Evans and Godwin, and it looks like Gronk is coming back. Um, he hasn't signed yet, right? But I saw I saw a video. No, he's on... he's coming back. It's, yeah, but it's I, pretty much. I saw the video posted on Twitter. He was at the barber. Yeah, and uh, he hasn't. That was a great. That was a phenomenal video. The most uh, Gronk video of all time. So yeah. so good, so yeah. good. If you have, if anybody hasn't seen that, just like Google or Rob Gronkowski barber or something like that. It's very good. But um, you know, just cont- keep on trucking with the the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I'll say is, um, Mike Evans seems like a pretty good target with Godwin coming off the um the injury and then um Fournette is I'm gonna be fascinated to see I tweeted about this like I just I'm I want to see where Fournette ends up from an ADP perspective right because uh obviously nothing negative to say about his role in his fantasy production in this offense 
um, with the high value touches and everything that he gets. But there's a certain level where you're 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 paying for a, a cost with no upside a, around his cost um, and a lot of downside because he's just a little older, some miles on his on his uh, on his body and 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 you're you need every drop of those touches. And if anything, you know, if they do decide to work Keyshawn Vaughn in or something like that, um, I don't want to I don't want to be buying the top necessarily on Fournette, but I don't really have anything negative to say about what I expect his role to be either. So they're just like kind of in the mid, just keep on trucking. So I, I'm back to the excellent with them bring with, with Brady coming back because they have those two wide receivers. They're getting Fournette, they're getting Gronk, but they're getting one of the guys that's going to be perfect for this offense. And that's Russell Gage, which yep. feels nuts to say, but if there's, you know, like other than like Jarvis Landry coming in, this is the guy that they need for this offense to, to just really help out Godwin and Evans. And you're going to have like two games where, where Gage catches 12 to 15 balls, like just yep. book it. It's going to happen. So it's for me, I'm excellent with them because now you can play this offense again. I was completely out on him because it was just Evans at one point. But now mm-hmm. we're getting the whole band back together. The only concern is who they've lost on the offensive line. And they're going to put a ton of points up in the worst division or one of the worst divisions of football. They're going to yeah. roll the Saints. They're going to roll the Panthers. They're going to roll the Falcons. That's for sure. So <laughs> this team is going to put up points. And and that's probably really good for Fournette. So, um, excellent. Looks, excellent's totally fine. Yep. Excellent's yeah. totally fine with me. All right. Do you want to hit on the Jaguars oh, real quick? Oh, God. I mean, what do you have a Jag? I don't even. I, I don't even think I have a. Uh, it, it's it's one of the bottom two. I, I I think it would have to be. Don't really understand these moves, but could work because I definitely. I mean, shit. That's the definition of that that uh, yes row. That that's the definition yes. of that row is the Jackson. It should just be called the Jacksonville Jaguars row, where like <laughs> everybody else is like trading for Devonte Adams and Tyree yeah. Hill and paying and paying those guys thirty million dollars a year, and they're paying Christian <laughs> and they're paying Christian Kirk, and you know, like I I just it doesn't make a lot of sense. What it felt like um, every every once in a while, or maybe almost every year, one team gets really trigger happy at the very start of free agency and just starts spending on these like mediocre players, and that shit just never fucking works. I can't yeah. remember a time when the team, the team that went crazy. I mean, look at your Patriots last year. I didn't even like really hate necessarily Hunter Henry or Johnu or whatever. Aguilar was pretty bad, but like I didn't even really hate those signings specifically. But they just came out guns blazing into free agency. And there's always things that happen to where you could probably get similar players or even better players at better values. And so that's what the Jaguars did. So I didn't really understand it. However, they are upgrades pretty much all the moves they made are upgrades and it's, and you know, a former number one overall pick and urban Myers out of there. So yeah. um, it could, it could work, but the, the urban Myers stuff is stupid. And, but I think it was getting overblown. Like a lot of that stuff sounded like bad jokes that he was making. Like, the, <laughs> like who's that number 99 on the ramps? Like, come on, dude, we know that urban Meyer knows who Aaron Donald is like, and everyone's everyone on Twitter is acting like, can you believe that Urban Meyer didn't know who Aaron Donald was. Like, come on, we're we're not yeah. dumb. He was making bad jokes. He's 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 a disgusting human being, but you know, like he's not a big idiot. Um, the Jaguars, I think what they were doing 
is they really want to know what they have with Lawrence. Like they just really, really want to know if he is their guy. So they did what they had to do to get what they considered weapons around him. So they were like, we want Christian Kirk. The only way he's coming here is if we overpay him. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he's going to sign anywhere else. And that's what they were doing. They're like, all right, we can get Evan Ingram. He should be okay. So I don't really understand these moves, but could work. I get like that's where I have them as well. But I I can see what they're trying to do. They're, they're just trying to see. They're not in win now with a rookie quarterback. They're in do we have our quarterback mode? And then they're going to work from there. So uh, the Chargers are mid for me, to be honest with you. Until today's trade, I was going to say that I think the surprise in the AFC West is the Chargers might be the worst team in the division until this Chiefs thing. And now I got to rethink it a little, but I still think it's a possibility. Keenan Allen's coming in at 30 years old, I think. I think Mike Williams is turning 28 this year, which is, you know, fine. Eckler is still, I mean, the offense should be good. I'm not saying the offense shouldn't be good. They brought in all these high profile defensive players. It doesn't always work. Just like bringing in a new wide receiver doesn't always work. Like you just can't Mm -hmm. bring in names and expect it to work properly. And the Chargers have been the Chargers. They find ways to lose football games. Just always have. It's just doesn't matter who the head coach, quarterback, GM is. It's one of those weird things where just it's like you're in the matrix and you're just uh, and you're just constantly doing the same thing, no matter if the pieces change. So for me, I think they're mid. They're still a team that I'm not avoiding or anything. I still like the Chargers, but I won't be shocked if they're last in their division and not as good as everyone thinks they are. Yeah, I wish I kind of wish they would have actually dumped some of the resources into the offense. I know that sounds crazy because their defense is terrible last year or whatever, but I, I tend to agree with you when you start to bring in old, a particularly older, aging, former super like Khalil Mack is kind of a former superstar uh, yeah. defensive player. He hasn't been a superstar of late. I know he's been hurt and stuff, but um that doesn't work a lot of the times. I mean, go nope. look at even like the the Dolphins did it right. They, they signed all these DBs and, and, you know, and it, sometimes it just doesn't work out and maybe they're not a scheme fit. Maybe they're getting older and the skills are declining. A lot of the times you see these teams that like build that, like, look at the, I guess this is kind of cliche, but like, look at the Legion of boom with Seattle. Like there's just all home guys. You might add in a piece here or there to kind of take you over the top. Right. That's like what the Rams did. Right. Donald was, they just brought in Jalen Ramsey like Donald created their their defense and some home some super cheap actually homegrown defensive guys. Then you go get Ramsey takes you over the top, and then they were able to piecemeal things there after Ramsey with some free agents and stuff. But that's once you've established that foundation. Grab like starting a whole new defense through free agency seems like it might work, but a lot of the times it it just doesn't. So I, I kind of wish they would have like. Yeah. Split the middle, split the middle a little bit, grab a couple of defensive impact guys. If you wanted Mac, that's fine. But like, go get that third wide receiver. That third wide receiver, man. If they got that third wide receiver, we would be like this. I'd be as excited as everyone else is about them. I probably go get that tight end. You know, they did yep. they, Gerald, Gerald Everett. Like, if we're going to do this, this whole Gerald Everett thing, I mean, he, he dropped like six touchdowns last year. He, he actually could have smashed last year if he had. If he could catch the Rams, let him go. You know, so I just go trade wish that- for Noah Fant. Try to get Fant now that he's in Seattle. Like, do something. 
They could have. They could have taken the strength and made it. They, they could have been the best offense in the NFL. Is basically yep. what I'm saying. And they banked on what they had last year offensively, but everybody else got better. And so, you know, yeah, mid, but just from an NFL perspective, it was a little disappointing, I think. Yeah, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm still going to be drafting charges. It's just, eh. yeah. Green, oh my God, oh God. the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> can, um, we just, can we put them in the bottom? Can yeah. we please put them in the bottom? Yeah, but and I, it's like, not because it's not because of what they actually did this year. They've backed this this they're they're paying the piper for uh for everything they've done for the last however many years. Not being and and <laughs> Aaron Ro- getting Aaron Rodgers to come back but losing Devontae Adams. Like what the fuck is the point? I don't Why, understand. Just let Rodgers I, I go. literally don't understand. If if, like, if if Adams is gone, what is the point of having Rodgers? And it probably would have been vice versa too. If if you traded Rodgers, just let Devontae go too. Yeah. I don't understand why you would split the middle. Um. So yeah, I I I, I, I literally don't understand what this team's doing at all. We we're talking about how teams are getting smarter, and this is like the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> to be completely honest, I don't. I just I don't is it is it because they don't have an actual owner to like to to have to look at in the eye? I mean, it's a lot easier to look at a room of 12 people than it is to look at one guy in the eye and be like, yeah, I'm going to sign Rodgers. But, you know, he's going to be throwing to the ball boy for the entire season because we ain't got anybody. Yeah, they got Lazard. (laughs) They didn't even bring MVS back. He's in Kansas City right now, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why Roger. I mean, okay, I know why Rogers came back because he got paid. <laughs> you know, he got some big money, and that's why he's back. But other than that, dude, what are we doing? What are we doing for the Green Bay Packers? Oh my God. So, yeah. Unless you have something else to add to that mini rant. No, I think people might turn this into a bullish on Aaron Jones situation, and like from a volume perspective. I certainly can understand that angle, but I think my take is I'm going to be pretty skittish on this offense in general. Yeah, Obviously we have them in the, in the, what are we doing and banking on a bunch of three yard catches from Aaron Jones on an offense led by Alan Lazard and uh, Joseph Deguera or whatever his name is. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know that I want to be paying peak price for that um i don't know that he's winning you fantasy leagues basically. i loved getting aaron jones in the fourth round like two weeks ago a week ago yep. and now i'm looking back and i'm like god what a mistake that's gonna end up being i agree with this on the chargers so the chargers are not dead yet the draft is coming they can add one of these rookies it was just a little i feel like if they didn't want to get the receiver if they felt good about palmer and maybe a, a drafting somebody i wish they would have done the tight end thing and i know that you know that's easier said than done but um it's just, I, I'm, I'm, pick, I'm, I'm being picky but i just yeah. feel like with all that cap space they were set up to like take the league by storm this year and i feel so so about that now yeah let's um let's hit on the browns that's the other big one we have to hit on uh go ahead do I, it. I, I don't I, I don't really want to talk about them very much i would um from a real life football perspective, obviously I understand um, making an upgrade to one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I also honestly understand doing the Amari thing, but uh, from my, my heart 
uh, really just says, what are we doing? What, 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 what are we doing? And then the, yeah. I'm not going to throw, I'm not really going to talk about it too much other than the statement that they put out was one of the most bullshit, like <laughs> say like the, the, the two memes would, you know, would be like, you just said a lot of words without saying anything yep. or, or the, what's the one where the guy sent the DM that's like, uh, I'm not reading all that, but I'm happy for you or yeah. sad that happened to you. Yeah, never, exactly. like, that, that, that's how I felt about that statement from their organization. So I don't know. I'm not really too interested in talking a lot about them and, and definitely not interested in talking about, about Watson. I get he's good at football, but um, I feel like they, and, and honestly, Amari Cooper is not old Amari Cooper. And honestly, like he, he got the nickname average Amari for, for a reason. He, he's gotten a lot of hype without ever really doing anything to, to earn it. And now he's, he's aging and older. I mean, I guess maybe they'll bring in fuller and then that'll make the offense more exciting. But I think there might be a little more hype than substance with them, even though obviously, obviously they'll be good, I think, but I think, um, it's just a, a big change and people are going to want to be excited, but I, I'm not sure that they're at the top of the, at the AFC with some of these other teams. Yeah. And, and just trying to keep this strictly football, which is really hard to do with this situation. We, we saw the way the contract was structured where, you know, that whole nonsense, mm-hmm. which tells you that Watson and Cleveland are expecting him to be suspended. Not, not even just suspended. I would say suspended, for a significant amount of time mm-hmm. like it's probably going to be eight games which is significant uh just in terms of fantasy i'm trying to stay away from everything else so now you're talking about jacoby Brissett playing in that offense for eight weeks probably maybe and he's throwing to average amari like you said they're gonna be run first already and Brissett just he's never been a fantasy quarterback so i'm kind of out on everything but the browns running game at the moment until we know more i would say so we'll just throw them in the mid category yep but that's where that's where i am with them it's like eh. oh no we don't have i want uh we seattle see dallas Thing in this they only signed two players from what i what i've read so far which is two defensive players lost amari they lost uh cedric wilson they're just losing everybody so i don't know what dallas is doing uh indy <laughs> what are your thoughts on indy with matt ryan that's a i think that's an interesting one that is an interesting one i think he uh he's he's not at this point in his career maybe as good as philip rivers was in his last year with uh with Indianapolis, but I think he's still competent enough and he's a, he's a pretty good fit. Um, I know like, you know, if you're a Colts fan, you're not going to be winning the Super Bowl or anything with Matt Ryan in the current state of that team. But in general, like in a vacuum, I, ca- I kind of think Matt Ryan with Jonathan Taylor and, and Michael Pittman and Hines and, you know, my boy, Kylan Granson and, and what will assuredly be some kind of additional wide receiver upgrade, I would think um, in the draft, I kind I kind of like it. I would put it I put it in the mid because I, I cannot call uh, Matt Matt Ryan excellent, but I, I but I think that's fair compared to compared to to Wentz. I, th- I think it's closer to the Rivers season than the Wentz season. Basically, is what is yes. what I would say. Which was which was pretty good for fantasy. 
the Rivers. Season. Well, I, I would I think he's better than what Rivers was that last year. Okay. Now Rivers is a gunslinger and he'll throw it downfield. So maybe fantasy wise a little bit better. But Matt Ryan is a sneaky gunslinger too. He'll throw the ball and he gets he racks up the yards. And I think this is exactly what Pittman needed. Like, I think oh, this yeah. is massive for Pittman. So for me, that bumps him up. And because that bumps him up, I think it might make Taylor the clear, the clear one on one on one would be my thought. I mean, I could, you know, it, it just point. seems like the offense is in is in a good spot. So for me, it's just it's like, all right, well, now I know what I'm getting around Taylor. So I like him to edge out CMC a little bit. And we all know that CMC in the right situation is the better fantasy player. But right now, Jonathan Taylor is in the right situation for what he needs. So yep. I, I, I don't mind putting them in the mid, but I think, I think I kind of like sneaky... excellent. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like excellent. The more that, the more that you've said it. Um, and as you were talking, I was remembering a, a couple of tweets that I saw where, you know, we're really getting in the weeds, but somebody was mentioning like basically Matt Ryan with a clean pocket last year was like basically yeah. still same peak Matt Ryan, but the offensive line was terrible. The, you know, and yep. the pocket would collapse quickly because nobody besides Kyle Pitts could could get open, and um, you know the the offense was just generally terrible. So it made him look worse. But in in situations situations that he'll be in a lot more in Indianapolis behind an elite offensive line with a good offensive coach with a good run game that should put him in you know better down and distance with better hopefully better weapons. We'll see. But um, I, I, I think they could be sneaky good on offense and it's, it wasn't the sexy upgrade like yeah. all these other teams. So people aren't going to be like, Oh yeah, now Kyle or Kyle. Now Michael Pittman is a smash. Whereas they're now they're going to be like, Oh, now Jerry Judy is a smash. And like, right, I agree, right. but what's the ADP gap? Like Judy's going to shoot up four rounds. Is Pittman even going to move? If I don't he know doesn't, if he I'm going to have a ton of Michael Pittman if he doesn't move at all. Cause I just think it's the perfect situation for him. I think I just, I really, really like it. They're in the dome. Like it just, everything checks the boxes for what I want with a Matt Ryan team. He gets his stud wide receiver. He gets a great running game for once in his life. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess Freeman was pretty good for him for a while, yeah. but, a hands, so. but that's when they were really good too. So Matt Ryan really played well when he had that running game behind him. I, I just, it just seems like the right place. And Granson might be the right tight end now. Like, I think it's great for that pick. The, the oh, stability yeah. oh, of yeah. quarterback is it's huge. So other than that, we've got like six teams left. I don't know if there's any that we really have to hit on. Tennessee releasing Julio was interesting. And Bobby Trees. And they got, Bob, got Bobby Yeah. Trees. Oh, yeah. And they picked him up. What are your thoughts? Which is just like the same thing. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to. I don't think he moves the needle for me at all. He just, that offense is just, it's just <laughs> what it was. Sucks uh, for him. Sucks for him. I do Probably. like the Allen Robinson signing with the Rams. Yeah. I think that that's great for them. They get to move on from Odell after the knee injury, you know, which sounds, you know, terrible, but it is what it is. And I think it's an upgrade over Woods and what they would get from OBJ this year. So now you get Cooper Cup, who's old, by the way. I was looking up Cooper Cup. It's 28 he's, or 29. I think he's going to be 30 this season, if I recall correctly. Uh, Turns 29 in June. 
Okay, so he turns 29 in June. Mm -hmm. So older than you would think, I guess. Do we? Are you worried about regression with Cooper Cup at all? Definitely, definitely worried about regression. I think. Um, I think he's still very much. It's kind of like the Tyreek thing. It's yeah. coming. It, it's coming. And so I don't really know. I, I don't have any form. There's no reason to believe that he is going to um, get worse next year. Like as a real football player, based on what we just saw this year. I mean, that was one of the most incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's just a stud. Right. Um, right. But it is definitely going to be going to be coming. One thing I do like about guys kind of like him, Devonte, even like Nuke, those guys, even honestly like Keenan Allen is, yeah. um, you know, Keenan's definitely the regression has already started, but when route running is your, is your thing, right. It's, it's a little easier to sustain closer to top level production because yeah. you're just a tactician as a, you're not, you know, of course you need a certain level of athleticism, but it, it's generally just like route running that these guys are, are getting open on. So, and my God cup is an incredible route runner. So um, I think he buys himself a little bit more time there, but I was just going to say, I mean, I feel like we got to smash a Rob uh, early in the, in the yes. draft cycle because yes. uh, it's not even just like any real take on a Rob, any real take on anything like that. But like, I just think the ceiling is absolutely outrageous because if cup regresses or if cup um, just takes a little bit less of the offense, right? Like mm. Woods got hurt. Odell was a new free agent mid-year. Van Jefferson is not a target dominator. Neither is Higby. If anything, like any form of you know, the market share shifts from Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson was just, you know, getting screwed over by the Bears for the last couple of years and he's still Allen Robinson. I mean, the cost you're going to get him at in one of the best offenses in the NFL is like, like you're getting him at the cost. We're paying for these Broncos wide receivers. Why can't we pay for Allen Robinson? Like he's proven to already have done it. Right. Like these guys have even done it yet. And he's never had a quarterback like Stafford. Yeah. So, so. he could, it could be over for him too. So there's That's he's, also he, true. He's not without risk, but I just think the reward isn't, I'm more than happy to take that risk given the reward. Yeah. Um, Seattle's a, what are we doing? We don't even have to talk about that. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Carolina is I'll put them in the mid just because they signed re-signed DJ Moore, which is smart. Yeah. And the they Steelers. Could get, they could get uh they could go get Malik Willis or something like that to where you would yeah. be like, okay, they didn't get the quarterback, but now we see why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah. And the Steelers, I'm I'm fine with it. Like I, I like the bus balls about Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> But I like the I like that offense as a whole. So if he's going to succeed anywhere, this is where he's going to succeed, and I think we're going to know quick. And they might even draft a quarterback and mm-hmm. and still be looking, you know, making him fight for his job every week. So I I like them as like an excellent signing, just because I think any quarterback that had a pulse was going to be an excellent signing for them, just because of everything they have around them. And I think this is what a team like them should do. I, I mm-hmm. again, I, I come off as this Trubisky stand, but it's just the right kind of bet to make. What risk is there in seeing if Nagy and the Bears were the problem on on Mitch? Right, like there, like he was kind of like Josh Allen before Josh Allen. This kind of like unproven college prospect with all the tools. He can run. He can sling it. 
you know, and he didn't pan out, but there's reason to believe it was the bears and the bills coaching staff loved him. Yeah. Does that mean anything? I don't know, but it makes it a worthwhile bet for one year and no money. Like who gives a shit about that? And you can still go draft your rookie this year. If you know, they may not be able to get Willis. We'll see, but you know, if they, they want Pickett or whatever, if they can still get their rookie and have Mitch. So I, I think it was a really smart, smart move, even if it doesn't work. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hundred percent on board with you. My only pushback would be, we still saw what he did on the field, even if he was being, mm-hmm. you know, held back and it just, it never looked good. It just, it never, yeah. it was never, you never were like, you never saw flashes. It felt like it was very few and far in between. But I think if he's going to succeed anywhere, it's with Pittsburgh this year. He has the absolute great right setup. Yeah, great weapons. And the other thing, only other thing I would just add is he's a great example of if he does kind of take a, a leap this year. It's a perfect example of like growth is not linear. Everybody always thinks like, oh, look, this player looked better this year, so next year he's going to go like this. Yeah, that's not really how it works. It usually is just like, uh, or you get Devonte Adams was fucking horrible, and all of a sudden, you know, it yeah. just. It, he just figures it out. You know, it, it doesn't always come together in this, this clear and easy path. Like we want it to be. Another reason green Bay is going to suck is because Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust anyone for three years is what it seems like. So <laughs> who's he going to throw to? So who is he going to throw to? And if, even if they bring in, even if they get the best receiver in the draft, like I just would be, I would be all out on them. Uh, Buffalo. Eh. I mean, I think cutting Beasley was smart. Mm-hmm. Um, re-signing Isaiah McKenzie was good. Oh my God, who else did they add? They added Crowder. someone. Crowder. They added Crowder, which I think makes McKenzie a little tough to draft now because that was the McKenzie role. So that's uh, Buffalo telling you that they don't fully believe in McKenzie. And so if the team doesn't believe in him, why should I? Is my only thought on that. I, I think. I think the one positive for fantasy is just, you know, they do have, uh, they have very few holes on their entire roster, yeah, including their defense. So it just makes sense for them, especially with an aging Stefan Diggs, um, cutting Cole Beasley to just build up some depth at wide receiver. And, and honestly, I wouldn't want to go into the season with no backup plan to Isaiah McKenzie in the slot either that's, when that's it only fair. costs, when it costs, it's not even $4 million, like guaranteed, right, for Crowder. It's a $4 million contract, but that has a lot of incentives on it. So it was like nothing. It yeah, he could be one of those veteran cuts that happens every year where yeah. you're, like, you're like, oh, he just he's gone after, you know, the middle of training camp because McKenzie just outworked him and they're just like, well, right. we'll get rid of him before that week one veteran move. And if he's still available and McKenzie gets hurt, we'll just he's resign him. him. Yeah. yeah. So, so that it was, that I, I just sense. think it was a smart, I think it was just a, just a smart move that doesn't move the needle a ton, but I, I mean, I'm interested in both him and McKenzie still for, I, I think McKenzie's really going to tank in value because of that. And now he's going to go to being, you know, a 19th or 20th round pick or something. The guys in the chat might correct me that I'm, I'm way wrong on that. Cause I haven't drafted in a little bit, but I think he's going to be late regardless. And it's just yeah. like the fourth wide receiver, even if he is the fourth wide receiver, on the bills look what he did he was like winning people fantasy leagues uh and he lost me i was in the semifinals of the big dog last year and i lost second by 
like less than a point to a team with Isaiah McKenzie because that was when he had his his monster, you know, 30 something point fantasy game because he's good. And and so so what if you're most of your late round picks aren't going to hit anyway, draft the guy on the bills and they paid him. They paid him a little bit of money. So it's not it's not the not the end of the world. The Crowder's there. The the only other thing I want to hit on with the bills is Devin Singletary. I think I think what they've proven by trying to get J.D. McKissick is that they do not want to use him the way they had to use him at the end of the year last year. And that's fair. I, I don't think they should be trying to workhorse Devin Singletary to death, you know, and over the course of upwards of 20, 21 games that they're going to have to play for the year. So I still like Singletary and I'll still be drafting him, but we know that they're probably going to be looking to get him a compliment in the draft this year. Someone that will play next to him. Because Zach Moss is either already gone or they're getting rid of him. That's this just a it's just a fact. There's no way he's on this team next year. I would that be was shocked. The, that was the that was the biggest sign for me, even more even more than Singletary was that if they really wanted to go get McKissick, they uh, they they must not really love Zach Moss uh, too much anymore. So um, I was actually drafting a little bit of Zach Moss, you know, super early offseason drafts just to kind of see how it went. If they didn't bring anybody in, who yeah. knows? Maybe he gets some of that get some of that work, but I definitely don't feel very confident in him. And then Singletary, it's like, I'm, I, I still think he's going to make for a pretty good pick around where he's going to go because I definitely think, you know, this hurts him losing some of that likely passing game role. Definitely, definitely hurts him. But we also have seen what can happen when he gets the full, the full role. And that's, it's a, he's a absolute smash. I mean, he, he completely destroyed down the stretch so it's kind of like it's now a little bit more of a contingent bet kind of like almost like what the 49ers were last year yeah. you know where we were drafting Mostert and and Sermon just like oh eh, we'll kind of see how this plays out because <laughs> yeah, another guy who's dusted but uh um so I think it's like not great for Singletary but um as of right now he's like not an avoid for me or anything just because the ceiling nice yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you on that. Like, I just, I, it's it's the part of the bills that I found interesting because we weren't hitting on a lot of running backs as we went through this list because yeah. nothing really changed. I would say on most of them, uh, so we didn't really have to. So I think we put them in the the excellent signing because they didn't have to do much. There wasn't like a splash play that they had to make. So, uh. That's our list for this. So we rocket shipped only one team, which is Denver, which one of our first shows, we said, once they sign the quarterback, we're sending them to the moon. And we thought it might be Rodgers, but it ended up being Russell. And the the only only thing I want to hit on Denver with before we get out of here is everyone's like, maybe Russell Wilson took a step back. I'm going to go on record and say, I think this is going to be his best statistical year that he's ever had based on where he is, the offense that he could potentially run with the weapons that he has and the shootouts that he's going to have to get into. So I'm just going to say it now. This is going to be Russell Wilson's best statistical fantasy. However you want to break it down. He might, I'm not saying he's going to win a Super Bowl again, but just from a personal standpoint, he's going to have his best year. I support it. I, uh, I love to fuck around and, and joke around about a ton ton of bullshit, but also part of me believes a little bit in the the narrative e type type stuff. And uh, 
like the Rogers fuck you campaign to the Packers in two years ago when he threw 50 touchdowns. Yeah. If you watched those games, like if you're grinding DFS and you ever faded Devontae, <laughs> Devontae Adams in yeah. a, in a week, you knew they would get to the one Rogers would call three pass plays. He did not yeah. give a shit. It was it, like, he, he and, and now I'm not putting Russ in the Rogers category of, of human being, but I think everybody, when you're at that level of, of a competitor to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you kind of probably feel burned. Like the Seahawks have, have pretty much burned the prime of Russell Wilson's career by fucking around yeah. uh, with Pete Carroll. I feel like he's going to want to come out and, and light yeah. it up too. And so, um, yeah. And I don't think totally he would have in to a situation where they weren't going to un- unleash the, uh, you know, the sandbags on his legs and yep. let him do what he wants to do. So I just think he's going to, you know, barring injury, which we could say about every player, he's just going to go absolutely nuclear this year. So totally. he's one of the guys that I'm going to probably be targeting a ton in the regular drafts. These super flexes are getting pretty crazy, <laughs> uh, to be honest. So that's our list. Uh, I don't want to go over all 32. I'm sorry, podcast no. listeners. But do we want to announce what we're doing Friday? Yeah, I'll, I can. I can do it. So I will. I will uh, uh, pump tomorrow uh, an episode of Best Ball Bros. If you have not watched before, um, I think this is the fourth or fifth episode. Um, maybe the fifth episode of a, a, a series we're doing on, on here on Spike Week. Uh, bringing in just different people from around the industry. I've done one with Rob, done one with Peter Overzet. The both the winners of the million dollar tournaments this year. I got some. I got people scheduled for the next several weeks, and we just kind of talk best ball. Get to know these people a little bit, a little bit more of a relaxed setting instead of just you know not one hundred percent grinding football content year round. So you can get to know some of these people. And I'm bringing Davis Maddock who uh, is always a, a fun and polarizing uh, personality in the industry. So I'm excited to do that with Davis tomorrow. And then Friday, Rob is coming back with me. Fridays, we're getting back into to drafting now that I made it through uh, the first weekend of March Madness. And uh, we're going to do uh, a bit of a crazy exercise. So there are four different sports available in the underdog lobby to draft. Uh, NBA playoff, NHL playoff, MLB regular season and obviously uh, NFL Superflex. We are going to draft all four of those simultaneously on stream. And uh, I have no idea how that's going to go. I don't know a goddamn thing about NHL. <laughs> um, so you just draft the somebody... Bruins, bro. You just draft <laughs> all Boston Bruins. We're going to draft <laughs> Blues and Bruins because those are the only <laughs> players that you that you and I know. Um. And I'm honestly not a total baseball expert either, but it's going to be fun. Um, so if you're around on Friday, somewhere around this similar time, um, late afternoon, early evening on Friday, we will uh, we will do that stream. And I'm excited for that one. I drafted one baseball team and our baseball expert said that I did a good job. So, you know, what? <laughs> and and I responded with, well, that's great because I don't know any of these players. So <laughs> that's Nice to hear. That's how I feel. Uh, I go yeah. in there and I get scared to post teams because like I do know, you know, a little bit about baseball. 
I grind DFS and stuff pretty hard, but like these guys know so much more than I do. So like, I'm like, did I fuck this up? You know, am I missing something or whatever? I've been grinding football and all these other sports. Please tell me I didn't miss something. So, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, so concerned about football or basketball. Those other two are going to be, ah, all right. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be tough, but it's going to, it's going to be fun. Um, and so, yeah, be ready for that on Friday. Yep. Other than that, that is, uh, that's going to do it for this week's Spike Week football show. Hope you guys had a blast, and we will talk to you next week.